the big thing with OCD. It's it's a battle between your logical brain and your illogical brain. Mm-hmm. And when you're having a bad day, the the illogical is really taking over. And you do need that. You need a certain level of reassurance. Hello. Thank you for listening to episode eight of Same Shit, Different Brain with me, Rebecca Ryder. I hope you've had a good fortnight. I sat outside the pub in the rain, but I was reunited with one of my best friends, so we still had the best day. And then I, of course, enjoyed being inside a pub too, once that was allowed. And I was actually quite glad it was still raining to make the most of the roof over my head. And then I was reunited with most of my other best friends for a garden party. So that was ace too. I also met up for the first time with Fran from episode six, if you caught it which was really lovely and we had a great meal together Lebanese food from Jasmine Grill in Charlton some of the best meat I've ever tasted because I had a mixed kebab I'm not ashamed to admit and we had a lovely old chat and it was just really nice that I felt like the podcast is just bringing in new friends and new connections and it's just what we've all been missing isn't it that human connection so it's just beyond brilliant that we now get to be with people in person again it's just all happening isn't it now also i finally managed to get published on apple podcasts itunes which is brilliant it's been a long time coming and they're quite hard to get onto and so if you're already listening on there you'll already know that but if you're listening on any other podcast platform could i please ask whether you might be able to take a minute or two if you could to visit my apple podcast page and leave a review i'll put the link in the description here and it's in my bio on instagram as well it'll just really help me to keep growing and i'd just love to hear some feedback on what you guys think because it's something i've put a lot of love into and man hours as well so it'd be nice to hear if it's any help to anyone So this week I talked to Rachel Smith, who I used to work with at a digital marketing agency. She's someone who I really admire and I know she's a fiercely loyal friend to mutual friends we both have, which is always a good indicator of a person, I think. Rachel spoke to me about living with OCD and I'm so grateful to her for sharing her experiences and giving advice so that she can try and help others who might be struggling or haven't got a diagnosis yet. We also talked about the huge issue of imposter syndrome and how this can often be worsened by patriarchal structures in work and what it's been like to raise a toddler in lockdown and try to help them adjust when they're too young to understand but they're old enough to feel afraid at times and I hope you enjoy. I'm I'm so over Zoom. I (laughs) I really am, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, the feeling's mutual. <laughs> yeah. Doing now? How's life? All right, good. Generally, um, I work for a marketing agency in Stockport now. Um, oh, which one's that? Still doing the same old thing. Platform 81. We're quite smallish. Um, our main bread and butter is website design. That's like right. the main thing uh, yeah. that they do. But obviously, as they've grown, they've needed to do marketing um yeah so there's actually only me there's only only me in the department at the moment I'm just like the boss of me <laughs> yeah, that's a very good <laughs> which is quite fun. yeah yeah 
when I came back off maternity leave, obviously I didn't go back to return. Um, I went to a, did you ever meet Sophie? Sophie Tong? No, I don't think I did. She was a PPC freelancer. And as I left, it just happened. She was recruiting, you know, so it worked out quite well. So I went and worked with her for a year, but then um, I found a better opportunity for me. And that's where I've been for the past, however long it is. What about you, are you still at Looper? No, I'm with Priory now, Priory Group. Okay. Yeah, it's good. It's it's interesting. I like being in the industry as well. Yeah, it's good. I think um, agency life, it like teaches you so much, doesn't it? And obviously every agency is different, but I found it so stressful working at an agency. It's just like it, it really took its toll on me, I think. And um, I don't really miss it. I mean, smaller agencies might be different and it sounds like you're in a nice situation there. So um, Yeah, I really like where I am. Like obviously like where we're before, you know, the amount of people there, it, it was very, very stressful. Um, and where I am now, like I think I'm definitely better suited to small agency. Yeah. Um, attitudes and just, just the way that they run. I think it's, yeah, I think it's I think it's much better. I think it's one extreme or the other. Either work somewhere really small or so massive that like each small department is like its own agency almost. Yeah, I know what you mean. When you're yeah. in that mid-size, I think it's very, very difficult. Yeah, yeah, it is. But um I'll jump into the questions anyway. Um so how's your day going today? Okay. I'm I think the best way to describe it is I'm functioning (laughs) I'm I'm getting through the week Um, I'm in the midst of three weeks of solo parenting um, whilst working as well so why is that it's a little bit uh, my husband he's uh, is away from away with work for a course Um, he's gonna be back at weekends yeah but as you know I have a toddler yeah um, and toddlers are an interesting age um so it's I, I feel bad in a way which I know I shouldn't because it's it's relative to me and it's my own personal situation yeah. but I feel I feel sometimes that I can't complain because I have friends who are single mothers there are loads of single um, parents out there but I think when you're used to a certain dynamic um you know you've got a system you've got a routine with your husband on how to do things and then suddenly that's gone you've got to adapt very quickly yeah so, it doesn't make it okay. just because you think someone else might have it harder I mean you you're obviously juggling like a, a taxing job with um with that as well so I think just making it through the day alive is probably an achievement <laughs> yeah it's kind of I don't work on Fridays anyway um but Friday is when we're gonna I'm gonna see my husband again uh we're going away yeah. this weekend a holiday what's a oh, holiday I'd forgotten nice. what it was like oh it's so, so good getting to go somewhere again where are you going just going to centre parks oh lovely uh, Love never been before but it's supposed to be good for children so on Sunday evening when he left I was like is it Friday morning yet <laughs> uh-huh. but, um I've got to be kind to myself because I'm functioning I'm keeping yeah. a human alive exactly um and keeping myself alive so you know yeah. as, as one of my friends always says a fellow a fellow mother she goes everybody's fed and nobody's dead so <laughs> that's a very good motto yeah yeah Just keep <laughs> yeah so uh, I mean I give myself a pat on the back for keeping my dog alive so you're doing pretty good 
<laughs> oh, Cash, I miss Cash. I miss his little gorgeous face. Oh, no. He's like, it's sort of like a double-edged sword for him, I think, the pandemic, because he's just never on his own now. Like, he's always got us at home. But then again, he, he doesn't have all that attention from other people anymore, like being an office dog or, like, going to daycare and... Yeah, or, yeah it, going around the park is sort of the most tension that he gets, trying to go up to people and give them a sniff for a bit of a stroke. <laughs> um, so what are the things that impact your mental health the most, do you think? I really suffer badly with imposter syndrome. Oh, right. um, and I know quite a few people, you know, it's not an uncommon thing. Oh, God. I think... Because when I have mental health struggles anyway, to have sort of like that imposter syndrome on top of it is something that postnatally that really took a hold on me. Um, and I think that's quite common with new mums because when you've yeah. been off for so long, um, you've not really spoken to another human being <laughs> properly apart from this this baby. Yeah. Um, and it's it's still my biggest it's my Achilles heel now. Like it really, if that, even that's the right phrase, it's it's something that I constantly have to work on. And I think it's something yeah. that I'll be working on for a very, very long time. Um, just getting back into the work market as well, or just getting back into work in general after having a baby. Yeah. Um, is, like you're catching is up. Yeah, especially with, as you know, like working in an industry like digital, the fact that you've had like eight, nine months off, that's huge that's a huge amount of time in the digital industry and so much could have happened yeah um so especially if you're managing all different clients and you're having to get up to speed with what's happened with each one of those it's it's different from working in-house isn't it where you're just getting up to speed on one one brand but yeah definitely I, I can definitely relate with imposter syndrome I think my confidence is something I've really tried to work on over the last year. I think a lot of people have tried to do that because it's, it's a big part of it, isn't it? Like confidence, self-esteem, imposter syndrome, like all your experiences that you might have had in the past and just not giving ourselves enough credit, I don't think. Um, yeah. I do think it's something women suffer from a lot more. I think um, there's been a lot of times when I've discussed imposter syndrome, like, for example, when I've written articles about it in the past and men have said, what's that? <laughs> like some men will know what it is, um, you know. Um, but yeah, it, I think it's definitely a female thing. Um, yeah, I did um, an imposter syndrome course probably about, it was, it was, it was, a, I heard you listen, I think it was on Sarah's where you did your RuPaul impression of your inner saboteur. Mm. Um, <laughs> it really, it was, <laughs> okay <laughs> and um it, this course was basically it was titled something like uh, tackling your inner saboteur and you know oh, tackling imposter syndrome yeah. and it was it was for anybody it was a free event it was for anybody to get involved in it was during international women's week uh, women's day sorry but during the week yeah. and men could go to it but 100 percent of the attendees were female right yeah yeah, and, it's just, not- and we spoke about that, that, you know, men don't really experience it to the same extent that women do. No, no, it's funny. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say it's a mystery why. Obviously, we live within a patriarchy and I won't get into all that. But um, yeah, that's a different podcast that you and I could do is, together. Is, yeah, that could be a whole series. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But yeah, that negative self-talk, God, it's so hard to overcome that, especially when you've been used to it your whole life and you've sort of been used to probably answering to men a lot more at work, typically, um, in offices, like more, a lot more than women, depends where you've worked. But yeah, there's a lot of higher percentage of men in senior positions and um, I'm not saying it's all their fault, but yeah, it's it's definitely something that takes a lot of self-work I think and I think the pandemic's been good and bad for that because it's let people sort of reflect a lot but at the same time you're not socializing with people so you feel a lot of confidence skills dwindling at the same time it's like it's all well and good spending a lot of time with yourself and analyzing all your inner beliefs and all that but um yeah it can sort of I felt like I was losing communication skills I was I was getting really strangely like um embarrassed about things that I was saying on calls that weren't even embarrassing like I think because when I started at Priory I'd been freelancing for a few months as well so I really hadn't been speaking to many people at all um during the lockdown I hadn't been on many zoom calls apart from with a few freelance clients but yeah it's it's something that I think a lot of people can relate to definitely I think it's definitely the pandemic as you say has had sort of like pros and cons because the pros are that you know like I am I I know I am good at my job I've been doing it nearly a decade but also it shows in the results that you deliver um and just you know when you get the feed my where I work are really good at you know praise you know that they give you constructive criticism when you need to as well but they're really really good at giving praise yeah um so that sort of has helped massively but then also working from home I'm sat here at my dining room table and I'm like, I need to speak to somebody. I need to yeah. sort of bounce these ideas. So something that's worked really well, um, you know, our um, colleagues that we've had before, Divya and Matt, we're still all in the same industry. So particularly during the pandemic, we've been WhatsApping each other more. We've got our own WhatsApp group to bounce oh, ideas yeah. off each other. Oh, that's and cool. I also joined a community, um, Women in PPC. There's a whole oh, community God. out there. Yeah. So I joined oh, I that and that's been really useful. I can imagine, yeah. It, I know there are a lot of those for um, women in SEO. So yeah, it makes yeah. sense that there are PPC ones as well. Um, yeah, that's really good. Things like that, isn't it? Just finding new ways to connect with people and because a lot of people going Sorry. through the same. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, just interrupted by my cat. Everyone always thinks he sounds like um, a child crying. I thought it was just... a child. <laughs> very human sounding cat he's senile and deaf Aww, so he, um, he can't hear himself it's called bing Aww. but we uh, we rescued him uh, last january but because he's completely deaf like we just call him cat i'm a little boy just calls him cat because he can't hear <laughs> can you so if you Bless. hear him throughout it's not a child that i've just abandoned on the side it's my <laughs> mental cat right i'll know now not to be allowed <laughs> Did you name him after Chandler or the search engine? Yeah, <laughs> that's a really <laughs> good question. Um, he came with the name. Oh, so, okay. um, yeah, it's maybe not the name I would have chosen because I quite clearly would have chosen Google. But <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> being in PPC, a bit of a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what would you tell other people going through these issues? I'm the worst for not taking my own advice mm. um again I've heard you say on one of your previous episodes where you've 
been like, you know, in the moment, if it's your friend, you know exactly what to say, you know how to say it, you know the right things. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to you, um, you, I'm my own worst critic. I'm I'm really unkind to myself. Um, yeah, me too. Why do we do I that? Think if, <laughs> I don't know. I I really don't know. I'd love to know. So frustrating. Why that is. It's really frustrating. But if it was somebody, if it was you, you know, he was going through this day, um, I'd be like, do you know what? You you need to do what you need to do. If your body is telling yourself that you need to go and have a nap because that's how you're going to function and get through the rest of the day, yeah. go have a nap. Mm-hmm. The world is not going to end because you took out that hour that you needed. Um, no. Something that I've been doing on my lunch break I've been having a 45 minute kip on my lunch break when I've needed it. Oh, that's good. Do you know what? So I've done that the- a few times, um, like just when I've really been burnt out. And I, would, I never would have done that. Like I never would have taken a midday nap or anything, but it can be so beneficial. Like I think a lot of us have just got much better at listening to our bodies, haven't we? And definitely realising the value of sleep. I mean, obviously if, when you were raising young children, then... Um, I imagine you need it even more but um yeah it, it sort of depends how I'm sleeping at the time as well I might have really periods of really sleepless nights and um and then periods where I'm okay but you definitely need to catch up where you need to and you're right the world won't end but you can convince yourself that it will can't can't you and then you can panic about something that's really not worth worrying about in fact it can just be so much more counterproductive when you sitting there worrying about it rather than just yeah doing what you need to do and then getting on with it afterwards with much more energy yeah so if you need to do whatever you need to do as long as obviously you're not like harming anyone you know obviously um just do what you need to do and like Sarah I keep referring back to Sarah our lovely friend Sarah um she said you know if if you're unwell just because it's mental doesn't mean that it's less it's it's not what I'm trying to say you know like like you wouldn't go to work if you broke your arm so if you're having you know an anxiety or a panic attack the fact that you're telling yourself I've got to be okay I've got to go into work it's just going to make yourself worse so there isn't anything wrong in taking a day off because if it's a day off or a couple of days off you can catch up there'll be people there who can you know pick up the slack for you because if they needed it you would be the first person to say go and do it I'll sort it out just let me know what I need to do yeah so I think you need to really listen to your body and listen to what your body is telling you that you need to do because it's telling you to do that for a reason yeah definitely I mean I've had days where I really should have taken the day off but I just didn't feel like it was a good enough reason do you know what I mean so I've just sort of forced through it and got really burnt out and got really just not very well in myself I think but um it was sort of like just keeping that front hand isn't it it's so so harmful and I think you know um I think people think there's more likelihood that people can sort of fake it if it's mental health but I mean you could fake a stomach ache you could fake something that you you could fake something physical like they're not all visible it's it's exactly the same like it just you know give people what they need and, and take what you need 
as well yeah, because so. it, there's a lot more awareness about it now definitely so what's your coping method when you're having a bad day um i recently rediscovered mind uh, headspace oh yeah uh, i'm really terrible at switching off mm. so those people who can sit and meditate or sit and do yoga I wish I could do that but my I find it very hard to switch off and my brain's always going at a million miles an hour mm-hmm. so I find headspace with somebody talking to me and guiding me through things um is really beneficial I know there's periods of silence you know where you suppose it is getting you into that uh routine of being able to meditate but having something guided really benefits me and somebody talking to me about things yeah. so um it's something that was there's a lot of social prescribing in the news at the moment mm-hmm. and it was something that originally was although it's not really social you mean it was sort of, it was prescribed to me by the doctor um as part of a course of therapy that I was doing um and I fell out of fell out of it just fell out of routine but in lockdown it's something that I rediscovered and really benefit from yeah it, it's great I um had a trial for a little bit I've got the calm membership now um oh. I still sometimes use like the free benefits of headspace I'm the same as you with like I need meditation because I find it hard to switch off as well. And my brain just goes a million miles an hour. And it's only the last year I've really learned to do the things I need to do to, to switch off. Otherwise I'll just get ill. But yeah, I needed it. I need it guided as well. So I, whether it's a guided one on YouTube or on one of those apps, it's, it's much more calm. I, I can't quite slip into that space on my own. It would be nice if I could, but obviously that's the whole point of, doing it isn't it to be able to get there I'm a long way off being able to find the space between my thoughts as they say and properly meditate like a monk yeah but um just any bit of time like that just to sit down and not think about anything else it's it's so calming like every bit is really worthwhile even if you can only do it a few minutes a day I think Headspace were amazing at the beginning of the pandemic because for six, I think it was either a month or six weeks, they opened up their entire catalogue to anybody for free. Oh, yeah. Um, I think which was really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they did. I think they opened it up for freelancers as well, but for like a year's yeah. membership. I think I just missed that. I think I'd just start, gone into my current role and missed it. But yeah, they did a lot of good things anyway. Yeah. Um. So what's been your biggest challenge during lockdown um for me personally in the first half of lockdown was that balance between work and childcare. um my husband is a government worker but he's not classed as the key worker so he um was off work um just working from home but he couldn't really he can't really work from home he just had to attend the odd few meetings but i was working yeah as as before and because we're not key workers our son couldn't be a nursery because it was only for key workers um rightly so but my son was at an age where he was just just starting to talk properly um and the whole routine going out the window really impacted our son really quite badly he got he got very upset because he couldn't see grandparents who saw on a weekly basis 
we obviously couldn't go out, which is what we needed to do to play our part. But I'm sat here. I've got a child pulling at me. He doesn't understand why mummy can't play. He's then getting upset, hysterical, because he thinks that I don't want to be with him. Oh, mum takes over. And it was, it was awful. <laughs> it was really bad. It's so hard. Luckily, explain. Oh, sorry. I was just sorry. I was just going to say it's so hard for children to understand, isn't it? How do you even explain when they're that age? Yeah, because they don't they don't understand the concept of it. And fortunately, he went back to nursery in July, but it was still like three, four months or whatever. Um, but but the way we got through it is we set up our own new routine. Yeah. So um, every day, my husband would take him out for their daily walk. Um, at the same time every day, we made sure that we had some structure, but nothing that was too, I think at first we were like, at 10am, he'll do reading. At 11am, he'll do painting. And we spoke to the health visitor and she said, you're doing too much, strip it right back. And we did, and that and that worked really well for us. Um, it was difficult when he went back to nursery because some of the older kids kept mentioning this scary virus. Oh. And my son, again, isn't at an age where he can understand what a virus is, no. but he knows the word scary. Yeah. So we went through a few stages of where he was just absolutely hysterical. And we were like, what's wrong? Use your words. And he was like, scary oh. virus. There's a scary virus in the garden or something. And Oh, God, poor thing. I was awful. Like mum guilt, mum guilt is the worst. Yeah. So that was really difficult during lockdown. Um, it settled down a lot more as as restrictions haven't been as strict. And um, going back to nursery has been a blessing for him. And my husband is now back at work as well. Um, so we've had to kind of adapt again. But it's you know we're I hate using this phrase but I'm going to, it's the new normal. <laughs> I hate that phrase, but it's, it's, it's exactly what it the is. Way to describe it. Yeah. It's just reintegrating now, isn't it? As best you can. And kids have gone through a lot because it's, you know, um, they might've, you hear all these things about, Oh, they've got mum and dad at home all the time, but they, they've been away from other children for extended periods. If they're not children of key workers, they don't understand what's going on. Like it's, Imagine what strange memories they're going to have when they're older of this time. Like you just can't, it would be such a weird thing for them to look back on and try to make some sense of it. Obviously they can make sense of it when they're older, but I think there's good points to it as well, because um, I mean, it's awful. They've had to go through it without being at an age where they can understand. But like Laura, who I had on the last podcast, she teaches at primary school and she was saying how um these mental well-being initiatives for young children now are their first priority so there are a lot of new schemes being rolled out and she teaches children for ages three to five um and she was saying you know they just didn't know how to play with all the other children anymore when they came back and they just wanted to be around adults all the time so they're having to model how to play and reintroduce them to communication techniques and everything like that but they will be, I think, probably the first generation that's really going to be comfortable with talking about their mental health, and that's going to be brilliant. Um, that's amazing. The pandemic has sort of sped that up quite a lot, which yeah, is a good thing. So, yeah, time will tell. 
but I'm, I bet it's been really difficult for you. Thank God we're getting back to some sort of normality now. Yeah. There have seen, been some positives, which I suppose sort of like leads us on to the next section, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what um, you asked. What's been a surprise positive for you, do you think, of lockdown? Something more so looking back. So hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Um, yeah. My husband has spent a significant amount of time with our son that he wouldn't have had before. He yeah. spent um, maybe like six, seven months seeing him grow, you know, helping him, playing with him. And that's time that a lot of dads don't normally get. No. Um, if if they're, if they're not the, uh, the primary carer when the child is first born. So that's been, although it's been stressful and my husband doesn't like being told what to do. So if you tell him something, he wants to do the opposite. So <laughs> if he's told to stay indoors... Like he will do it because that's what we needed to do. He knew the reason, yeah. but he didn't like it. Um, so it was wow. it was a challenge for him. But looking back, especially now, he's like, look at all these photos and all these memories I've got with our son that I would never have got gotten before. Yeah. Yeah. And um, at the beginning of the lockdown, our son was under the speech and language therapist. Right. Um, he wasn't bad. He was he was just he was just slightly behind. Uh-huh. But when I spoke to the speech and language therapist and he got he got discharged, she said so many children for being at home and being around mainly adults, their speech has just soared. And he's right. now doing he's hitting all the milestones. Um, but so many children who were at that stage of starting to talk have learned to talk quicker because they're around so much more. Uh-huh. Um mature conversation rather than being spoken to like a baby or a child all the time they've yeah been, so that's been really good yeah that's a huge positive definitely yeah I think for me personally um you probably know you'll have seen it online but I discovered embroidery and cross stitch so that's something that I I got my husband got me a kit for my birthday last May so about you know a couple of months into the pandemic uh, and it's something that I've just like gone with. It's going back to, you know, what I said about uh, meditation and yoga. Like it's not really mm. the thing for me. I find it really difficult, but I like structure. Um, Cross stitch and embroidery because you have got that structure of following a pattern or, or something you've created. But I, f- I find it so mindful when I'm sewing. And it's something yeah. that has really helped me get through the pandemic. Yeah, I can imagine activities like that, you just get into a really focused state, don't you? Where you, I, I was, I've been hearing about this recently, actually, uh, like a deep flow state. So when you're in a perfect state of flow, you're like really focused on what you're doing, but there's no tension at all. So it's not like when you're focused on work, but you might be like, oh, I'm working really hard and, I'm, you know, there's, there's no element of stress to it because it's just, like you say, it's mindful. A mindful way to spend your time and just a really relaxing hobby it's that like methodical you know you know you're doing stitches and you sort of you get yeah, into, you get to rhythm like you're in the room you this you sort of like but you're just sort of really at peace which is something yeah. that I have needed to find that thing that helps me get into that state yeah there are only really specific things that can do that aren't there like I was the same with like drawing and painting and I keep telling myself I'm going to do it more because nothing else gets me into that 
that state and it's great like hours can just go by can't they but it's not like where you lose hours watching something or you lose hours scrolling you don't feel like it's a waste of time it just sort of it goes by without there being an intention it's just a really nice way to spend your time I think yeah definitely I think a lot of people have discovered or rediscovered hobbies over the pandemic and um sort of really thought about how they spend the time which is a good thing um and what's one thing you wish someone would do when you're having a bad day so I mean you know about this but we've not really spoken about it as of yet I suffer from OCD yeah um for those people who don't know it's obsessive compulsive disorder mm-hmm. um and it's something that I I feel like I've always I've always had I'm I know the event that triggered it when I was about 13 14 but yeah. I've had it ever since then I've, I've had daily struggles so I I do quite often have bad days yeah but the biggest thing for me is reassurance because the big thing with OCD is it's a battle between your logical brain and your illogical brain mm-hmm. and when you're having a bad day the the illogical is really taking over and you do need that you need a certain level of reassurance not too much because you've got to be able to do it for yourself yeah but just when you're having a particularly bad day just being able to like get that balance back again and get yourself to a point where you can then start tackling the intrusive thoughts yourself um because I think when I'm having a bad day, particularly my OCD, it's the intrusive thoughts that are the worst. Yeah. And the biggest thing that I would probably say to somebody else is intrusive thoughts are normal. They're oh, completely okay. normal. Yeah. Um, because you sound, you feel like you sound psychotic if you're pouring a cup of tea and you'd go, what if I just poured that boiling water on my hand? I think because the stigma around mental health, this is what happened with me. Those people, when you have those thoughts because it sounds so ridiculous you think you're insane you think yeah. you're absolutely you think there's something wrong with you yeah I mean well there is to an extent because you have a mental illness but the thing with OCD is whereas normal people I don't like using that phrase um they can shake off intrusive thoughts quite easily yeah but people with OCD and anxiety but based mental illnesses struggle to shake those thoughts yeah. you start obsessing ritualizing and then you start catastrophizing mm-hmm. and then where the OCD comes in you feel like you have to ritualize or ruminate in order to sort of delete that thought or something bad from happening so when I'm having a bad day I need I need just that reassurance, whether it's from my husband or whether it's a friend who understands, just to sort of help me reset that balance so I can be in a a better mental state that I can just balance myself out. Does that make sense? Completely, yeah. Um, I've written about OCD quite a lot recently, actually, for work. Um, And the, the ironic thing about OCD is that I mean, I don't have it myself, um, but, you know, I know all about anxiety and it's it's a really common anxiety disorder, um, but it can feel so isolating because of those intrusive thoughts. Um, it can 
I can imagine it's really scary. Like this is why it's really helpful for people to realize that you are not your thoughts and thoughts are not facts. And as I understand it with OCD, there are these urges and compulsions to carry out behaviors, which will correct the intrusive thoughts um, to Mm -hmm. sort of be able to manage them. So that sounds like that's your experience of it, but yeah, definitely. It, There's a lot of stigma and sort of like misunderstanding about OCD. And it's it's through a lack of education, really. But it really, yeah. really gets me when you see things like I'm OCD, obsessive Christmas disorder. And it's like, yeah. that's not funny. Like it you wouldn't. The one, doesn't it? That gets joked about like, oh, I'm dead clean. So I'm a bit OCD. Like, no, that's not. The difference is, is people going, I like my bean tins facing the front way. I'm so OCD. Where it's actually, people with OCD is, I like my baked beans facing the front because if they don't, I think my parents are going to be in a car crash. Yeah. That's the difference. It's completely illogical, the thinking. That's why I said it's the battle between your illogical brain and your logical brain. Yeah. but that's why people do it to ritualize, to cancel out a thought like, oh, I always have to uh, switch the light switches off twice when I go out the room. It's like, do you, is that a habit or do you do it? Because if you don't do it, you think the house is going to burn down next time you forget to leave your hair straighteners on. You know, it's and it's I think it's it's one of the mental illnesses that I think is the butt of a lot of jokes. Yeah, it's um, I don't know why when I tell people I have OCD, I think I said it to you. I say I have medically diagnosed OCD because a lot of people think, oh, I've got OCD. They're like, oh, you just like being tidy. You're like, no, I've actually got it. <laughs> Thank you. I've actually got OCD, which is sad that I have to justify it like that. But I suppose I see it as a bit of a an education piece. But there isn't, yeah. OCD isn't just about cleaning or being tidy there's actually three main types of OCD there's the cleanliness and like the contamination fear Mm -hmm. there's the fear of causing harm when I say fear of causing harm I don't mean like going up to somebody and punching them in the face like accidentally leaving something on and burning the house down and harming somebody from doing that and there's also a a religious element of it I don't know too much about that because that's not the area that I struggle with yeah I, didn't um, I do think there needs to be a lot of education on OCD and I get nervous talking about it like I was nervous before this call because yeah I was nervous about discussing OCD because of the stigma but I need and want to talk about OCD to break that stigma yeah so it's the only way it's, it's tough yeah yeah of course. and you're really brave for doing it, not in a patronising way, but um, it definitely, it's so common. So it definitely needs Mm. more awareness around it. Um, There's probably a lot of people who are undiagnosed. So, and people who, even people who know they have it, they might not know how common it is. And yeah, it just helps people feel less alone, doesn't it? Or it helps people to be more compassionate towards other people who have it. Definitely. I think, especially because of the pandemic, yeah there's going to be a rise in people developing OCD because of the hand washing cleanliness thing the, the and also the contamination issue of wearing masks I think there's definitely going to be an increase um 
in that I think it's just absolutely inevitable yeah um because you can definitely have tendencies but a life event can tip it over the edge and make it fully manifest itself so I just I think I don't know if you spot somebody who's washing their hands but maybe just a bit too much or just just maybe for your friends who do have mental health struggles or even if you don't if you start seeing signs where things are getting just a little bit too far maybe I mean I don't know how you intervene but just be aware I suppose just look out for each other because I think there's definitely going to be a rise in OCD developing over the next few months yeah yeah you're probably right yeah yeah it's good that you're talking about it it's brilliant because I didn't realize how common it was until recently and it's not something you hear talked about quite as much but I think there is generally just growing awareness about the different types of mental health conditions now so yeah as much as possible that can be said about each one the better really um so what's the best thing you ever did for yourself it took me ages to sort of try and think about this because I don't think in some ways I do enough self-care yeah um I think it's something that I could definitely be better at and I think a lot of people could be better at mm-hmm. um because I think there's this weird view that if you do self-care look after yourself it's selfish but yes it is selfish because you need to be selfish to look after yourself I think the best things that I've done for myself is is seeking professional help when I've needed it yeah and whether that's in the form of uh therapy or Mm -hmm. um just shouting up to somebody who understands saying like I'm struggling I I I'm not in a great place right now just talk to me or can you just listen to me and even and even if a friend's then gone go and speak to a doctor but but knowing when it's the right time to go this is not normal for you you have struggles that you get by with but when things are a bit too much like specifically postnatally for me I had postnatal depression right and I sort of had a conversation with myself before that I'm probably more susceptible to postnatal depression because of my mental health struggles yeah and I was probably not as quick as I could have been but quicker than I'd been if I hadn't had that conversation with myself to to shout up and say this isn't just baby blues this is this is something bigger yeah and I need help and um I did it quite early and I'm glad that I did yeah it's I mean just having that awareness and compassion is really helpful and just like you're saying um self-care yeah it might be selfish but selfish doesn't have to be a bad word like you have to be otherwise you're not living the best of yourself are you um and we only get one life you know like making the most of your life doesn't always have to mean having all these amazing experiences it can also mean just being the happiest you can be each day and knowing how to look after yourself and just be kinder to yourself it's you know any kind of professional support if you can access it it's so so worth doing like it's I'm so glad that so many more people are doing that now because there's no shame no there isn't there's no shame and if you if you need to be on medication 
for six months or six years or all your life, there is no shame if it helps you be in a better place. And there is no shame with doing talking therapies like CBT or counselling. It's it's probably one of the best forms of self-care I think you can do having some sort of talking therapy if, if you're struggling. Um, I think we need to be very much more like the Americans because the Americans like, Oh, I was speaking to my therapist the other day. They go, they talk about the therapist. Yeah, exactly. And I think we're too British about it sometimes. Definitely, You know, it's like, I'm seeing a therapist. So what? I was talking to my therapist the other day and, you know, we were discussing this. I think we need to be much more like the Americans. A hundred percent. Yeah. They, they just like, they'll go and see a therapist, you know, if they're going through something or not, or just as part of regular sort of routine. And there's, there's a lot less shame about it over there. Treat it like as if going to the dentist, I've got the dentist and then I've got the therapist later, you know, which is the way it should be. Just look, yeah. Making yourself as healthy you can be inside and out. And it, it has connotations of like, Oh, what's wrong with you? And, you know, everyone's got something that they need to see to. And it might not even be that you have a condition. It might be you want to get to know yourself better and learn how to be more compassionate with yourself. Like, there's a million reasons why counselling can be really good or therapy. Or, yeah, it's it's only a good thing. And the stigma definitely needs to stop because we're just way past that now. Like, there yeah. shouldn't be any mis- misconceptions about it anymore. No, not at all. And what's one thing that you'd want to tell the younger you? Life's not always going to be easy. Mm-hmm. It is going to be tough. Um, that's being an adult. Um, there's And it's okay not to be fitting in with everybody else. It's okay to be a bit outside the box. You don't have to conform. You don't have to be this idealistic beauty standard that magazines and social media portray. You do you, you be who you are and don't let anybody ever dull your shine. Definitely. There's never going to be another you. So, you know, it's a, it's a miracle that we're even here, I think. Exactly. And um, yeah, it's, I think um, just having sort of appreciation for the fact that things aren't always perfect um when you're younger you don't want to believe that life is not always great and it doesn't have to be a pessimistic thing to say it just means that you're always prepared to deal with things a bit realism isn't it yeah yeah definitely um okay so last question what are your go-to songs that just lift your day so I've got two. One I think you'll particularly appreciate as a theatre fan. Okay, um, I'm excited. The first one is Defying Gravity from Wicked. Oh, nice. It's just the most empowering song because it's yeah. about the character, Elphaba, you know, who isn't trying to fit in anymore and she's just going to defy the world and just be be her and just do what she wants to do. Um and the other one is, uh, as a fellow feminist, uh, Who Run the World by Beyonce. Nice, yeah. Good one. <laughs> we need, women need a bit more, a uh, bit more recognition, a lot more recognition. Definitely. And Amen to that. There's, 
there's a particular line in it well I'm not gonna get it right I'm not gonna style it as well as Beyonce she's like we're strong enough to raise the children and also get back to business and I think that's so true yeah brilliant well I'll put those on the playlist thank you it's such thank an eclectic you. mix now and that's made it even more so, but yeah even more so that's what I like <laughs> well thank you very much for coming on it was it was brilliant and I love what you've talked about and I think it's hopefully going to help a lot of people I hope so I just and I think something that I maybe any listeners out there who that's only probably like any listeners out there um, <laughs> something you should know from the moment you are pregnant until your child is two um you are prioritized for mental health support after you've had a baby you are classed mm-hmm. as postnatal until your child is two um I held off support That's at enough. one point because I thought I wouldn't be but no because of the risk because you know obviously essentially you're looking after two lives your child and the mother um you are prioritized and you know don't be afraid to get help um especially because postnatal stuff is horrible on top of life in general so yeah don't be afraid to get and it's so common so as we said there's no shame in it um but yeah that's really that's really useful to know thank you and it was lovely catching up with you i hope you enjoy the rest of your day and have a lovely break in center parks thank you i can't wait not just counting down the hours until I can give the child to my husband and go have a lie down <laughs> with the gym. <laughs> yeah, don't blame you. Are you going to the Sands Parks that has the heated outdoor pool? I went to that one years and years ago. One we're going to is in the lakes. Um, wow. but the, I think I think it is the one you're thinking. It's called the Subtropical Paradise or something like that. But because nice. hashtag COVID, Perfect. it's been shut. But oh. it opens it opens on Monday, which is our last day. And even though you have to check out, you can spend the whole day there. So um we got a oh, discounted rate awesome. for the weekend because it's closed. Yeah. And then I only had to pay 10p. <laughs> 10p to what? use the pool on Monday. To go to the subtropical paradise. World's best. Yeah, bath. 10p. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I might put there myself. <laughs> I know. I can't wait. I can't wait. It'd be really good. Oh, that'll be ace. Well enjoy and Lovely speaking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. See you later. Will you give Cash a big cuddle for me? Of course I will. Yeah. You'll be delighted. And say hi to Matt as well. Is Matt okay? Yeah. I will do. Yeah, it's he's good. It's in the weird saying Matt. It's Deleuze. It's always been oh, Deleuze. Yeah. And always will be Deleuze. He's alter ego. <laughs> Make him leave. Oh, that. Say hi to everyone for me. Yeah, will do. Speak to you soon. Soon. Bye, Rachel. Bye. So there you go. That was Rachel. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I really do think it's brave when people speak out about conditions they have because I know it's not easy, but I can see how much Rachel really wanted to do it to help break the stigma and help people feel less alone and frightened. So I hope you have a good bank holiday. I'm making a trip back to the theatre, which I'm very excited about. I'm going to a restaurant, a country pub, a DJ set. Oh, the joy. Life just keeps coming at us and I'm ready for it all. Bye.